Hi, I'm Luann Botta, and I'm Marianne Crum. You know, lots of things may be in short supply these days, but hope doesn't have to be one of them. Join us for the next 30 minutes or so, and we'll remind you how you can live with unquenchable hope. Hi, everybody. Listen, if you were (laughs) going to do something and somebody described it to you this way, would you volunteer for it? If if you knew that you were going to be slammed down, (laughs) pounded, then spun around, and then pinched and scraped and poked, and then after all that, put in a fiery oven, and then you were going to be doused with sticky stuff, and then you're going to be thrown back in the oven, would you feel like, oh yeah, I'm signing up for that? (laughs) I can't can't wait. Sounds pretty (laughs) awful. And yet... Because God presents to us an allegory in the Bible that he's the master potter and we're the clay, basically that's what we're signing up for. As believers, he works with us the way that a potter works with a piece of clay, but Mm -hmm. it's actually a good thing. It's a very good thing. It it sounds terrible (laughs) the way I said it. You know, in, in doing this study, which I really thought it was very good, very, very good. This is very rich. It is. So I pray, Mary and Ann and I just prayed before we got on that all of you that are listening would really grab a hold of this. There's going to be a lot in this. We're going to obviously have a couple of episodes with this one. I think the thing about it is that he he loves us that much that he is just building in Mm -hmm. us himself. And yeah. so that's the potter in the clay. And, and all of us hope. are so different. The hope is that he's building himself inside of us. When a potter starts to work on a piece of clay, they're envisioning something beautiful at the end of it. Yes. They're very joyful when that vessel is done. Yeah. yeah. Yes. He, ne- he never starts out and just throws a blob of clay on the wheel and leaves it there. No. As a lump. No. Yeah. He doesn't want a lump in his house. <laughs> no, right. Any more than we would. Right. And you mentioned that he's forming himself. Yes. And I thought of Romans eight twenty nine, and it says, for those mm. whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So yes. yeah, he's forming the image of Jesus. And I mm-hmm. think that's a beautiful thing. That is not a negative thing, Correct. but it takes a lot to to get someone like me mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. image of Jesus. <laughs> I agree. That's the pounding that's the and the pounding slamming and the all pinching. And the, yes. Right. And that's what we're going to be going yes. through in a minute. We're going to talk <clears throat> about the steps involved. But before we get to that part, let me read Isaiah 64, 8. It says, but now, O Lord, you are our father. Yes. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Mm-hmm. So what occurred to me was, and I was going to ask you this question, Luann, have you ever realized that you had those roles reversed and you were actually trying to make God into what you wanted him to be instead of being the clay that he forms into what he wants you to be? Yes. In fact, I did take that scripture that's on my three by five card. When I read Mm -hmm. that for this, I Mm -hmm. was like, oh, that one's coming with me. I think sometimes we dictate to God what we want him to do. And we're telling him, no, no, I'm going to go this way. I want to do this. That clay that he is forming, it can be such an ouch. Yeah. Or like, ah, 
and we're wanting our own way. So, so it's like, okay, God, here, you be the clay for a while. Yeah, now I get to and be, I'll the be the potter. Because I'll be the potter because I want to go do this. Yeah. I think the image that I most often try to shape God into would be the genie in the bottle in the cartoons. I want a God that does what I want him to do yes. and gives me the desires of my heart. Makes my wishes come true. You know, it's so funny you said that because just the other day while I was driving, I said, I know you're not a genie. As I was praying to him in my car, I said, I know you're not a genie. And yet we sort of tend to treat him that way. Yeah, because we ask and he said, I'll fulfill. Yeah, and he's he's good. He's a good father and he does bless us and he gives us a lot of yeses in our lives. But that's a whole different ballgame than being a genie (laughs) that we can just pop out of a bottle. He's going to automatically do it. And everything we want. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Another thing related to that, how can we know when we're treating God that way? And for me, it's by what I get frustrated or angry about. When I'm frustrated or angry, and I know it's because God isn't doing Mm -hmm. something I want Him to do, Mm -hmm. I'm disappointed with Him. It reveals what my expectations were. It reveals that I want the genie in a bottle, not the sovereign God who sees the big picture. So sometimes that means He says no. Mm -hmm. I agree, because I think that's when we start accusing Him, because we got ourselves to that place that mm-hmm. we wanted him to do it the way we wanted him to do yeah, it. Yeah. So then we started accusing him. And again, that's Why did you essentially do this? flipping it and yes. making us the potter and God the clay. Yes. Which is pretty ridiculous yes. when you think about it. But it's really easy to do. Oh, my word. <laughs> yes, every is, day yeah, It is an everyday thing. Well, I think well, our major thing here is just to be very conscious of how we are seeing the Lord. A good friend of mine just said to me, we were talking not about the potter and clay, but just about our different things in our lives. And when she said, when we dictate, when she used that word, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I do. Mm. I dictate to God what I want him to do and how I want him to do it. And I've been doing that. And so I've had to say, okay, wait a minute. I am so sorry. I've been telling you how I've wanted you to do things. Yeah. And this potter and the clay, I think that's the thing that spoke the most loudly to me going through this whole thing was just realizing how often I do flip it. Yeah. I want him on my wheel. Yeah. So we're hoping that this will just be a metaphor that sticks with all of us. Sure. And so that when we tend to do that, we'll think, "Uh uh-oh, I'm being the (laughs) potter again. Actually, this whole allegory of the potter and the clay goes back farther than the passage in Jeremiah we're going to read in just a minute. It goes back to the very beginning in Genesis 2-7. It says, Then the Lord formed the man Mm. of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Well, that... The dust is, it is the beginning of clay, right? right? So even from the very beginning, God wanted us to remember, although we are very loved and treasured and prized, we're dust. That's right. <laughs> that reminded me of a joke. <laughs> that would be good. Okay. been around for a really long time, so <laughs> you can groan if you've heard this a million times. But it goes like this. It says, one particular Sunday at church, the minister began his sermon with, Dear Lord with his arms extended toward heaven and a rapturous look on his upturned face. Then he said, without you, we are but dust. He would have continued, but at that moment, a little girl who was listening leaned over to her mother and asked quite loudly in her shrill little (laughs) four-year-old voice, Mom, what is butt dust? (laughs) (laughs) This church was pretty much over at that point. I love it. I never heard of it. You hadn't heard it? No. 
Okay, we may be butt dust. Sorry, y'all. But we are made in God's image. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. In fact, he says we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and he can take that butt dust. I am so stealing that. When we get off of this, I'm writing that down. That's a great... Okay, moving on Moving on. We do have something a little more spiritual for you all today. God really wanted his prophet Jeremiah to get this whole picture of yes. the potter and clay because he had a word for the people of Israel, which is a word for us. That's so, right. Uh, Luann's going to read it. It's um, Jeremiah 18 verses 1 through 6. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like the clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Or specific, all of us. Yes, exactly. I was going to say, <laughs> at that time, it was for the house of Israel, but it's for God's yes. children, anyone, yes. Yes. for us too. So when we get ready to do these podcasts, we don't really talk about how we're going to do it. Luann's homestudying, I'm homestudying, yes. and it is just amazing how we are, end up on the same yes. thing. So yes. we both were looking up what are the steps to make a piece of pottery? Yes. Because you can really see through there how God works in our lives. Yes. We came up with slightly different lists, mm-hmm. but we're going to try to merge those yes. uh, today and hope that you'll get a lot out of it because we did. You know, it's kind of funny. I taught this to my high school students years ago, and I, me with my object lessons, I did have a clump of Play-Doh, <laughs> and then I had a finished vessel that looked nice, but but I couldn't find those notes. That was probably good because then I had to go back and research it all again and mm. saw more than I probably even had on those notes. Yeah, you get a fresh. So this is what I, yeah, I'm really I mean, you're really at a different place in your life, so it's going to hit you completely differently. Correct. But I'm sure I'm going to use this again as a teaching. It's very, very good. It it's is. very rich. As all of God's metaphors yes. are, like when we talked about the shepherd and the sheep, Oh, yes. And and there's that whole book yes, about that. I that love just that. Yes. A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. Awesome book. But yes. I mean, every metaphor in there, we need to pause and say, mm-hmm. okay, what's this in here for? There yes. must be more to it. Yes. And there always is. Yes, there is. So we're hoping that the richness that we found in this, we can translate it to yes. you. <laughs> but if we sound a little bit discombobbled because her list is different than my list. Just hang in there with us. Yeah, it'll it'll mesh together. Neither of us are actual potters. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. So it'll be interesting. So the, the first one I came up with mm-hmm. was that when somebody goes to make a piece of pottery on a potter's wheel, they got to decide what they're trying to make. Yes. Is it going to be a vase or an ashtray or a cup or a bowl? So they need to know (laughs) what they want the finished product to look like. Mm -hmm. And we already talked about this just a minute ago, that God's vision, his finished product is to look like his son. That's right. In our lives. So all the things that he does to us when we're on the potter's wheel is with the hope and the intention of making us like Christ. That's exactly right. 
as a potter decides what he's making, it's going to be for different uses. Yes. And so when God's working in our lives, we can't necessarily look at the way he's working in somebody else's oh. life and say, mm-hmm. why aren't you doing this to them? Mm-hmm. You know, how come it's only me that's, that's going through this? That's good. And it's because in the end, he has a different mm-hmm. use for us that's in right. his kingdom. I mean, mm-hmm. we are here for his use. That's right. Second Timothy 2, verses 20 and 21 yes says, now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, Mm -hmm. but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. That is one of my favorite scriptures, yes. So it's important, I think, to just submit to To what what God's doing, Mm -hmm. realizing that... Mm -hmm. He may use us in a different way, so he has to yes. uh, employ different And it's techniques. funny because because when the part that I was reading on that, it talks about how the potter chooses the clay. If he goes into a, 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 a clay bin store. of some, Well, a bin of... That, that, clay, no, back in the 1800s... Clay, clay is us. No. <laughs> no. He said... They were talking about it as gentlemen. Back in the 1800s, he was a big potter, but he kept a lot of the clay down like in a almost like in a cellar. He needed the stuff that he knew that he could mold. It wasn't something that was too, too hard. Mm-hmm. It talks about how he chooses that. And that brought me to the scripture that says, you do not choose me, but I chose you. Oh, yeah. So what he does with that, he doesn't just take any clay. He takes a great deal of time picking the exact clay. And then the spiritual side of that I saw is our salvation because he calls us. It is Jesus that calls us to salvation. We did not do that. It it was him. So he saw the ugliness. He saw all that was going on in our lives and knows how he wants to mold us. So when he's going to make this vessel of honor fit for the master's use, he knows the clay and then he knows the sins and the impurities and the disobediences and all that that person has inside of them that he's going to have to mold out of them because he's already already thinking way ahead of time, which I thought was kind of cool. We all have different qualities, not necessarily good ones. I mean, we probably have some good ones too that he sees in us as he's getting ready to mold us. Yes. He's like, yeah, I need to refine that a little bit, but... Yes. It's said here that when the master potter came looking for us, he found us in the filth of our sins. And with great love and care, the Savior drew us out. And then the scripture is Psalm 42. It says, he lifted me out of the slimy pit and out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stay. Oh, yeah, that's great. That was one of the first scriptures uh, when I was a brand new Christian that I found in the Bible study book that I bought to do. That was one of the ones I memorized. Yes, it's a great scripture. uh, Because it just, it was right. Yes. threw me out of the slimy pit. So he chooses, he pulls us out. Okay, so another part of that whole thing before, again, we get into the the wheel and the actual shaping is that... Our value, our value as a vessel, our value as a pot or whatever he's making out of us comes from the one who designed us. Yes. And I was telling Luann that in the past, if I've spoken on this topic somewhere, I usually take with me one of the cups of my china set. Yeah. I'm so old that when I got (laughs) married, you had to get china to sit in your cabinet that you never use, right? (laughs) I see it right. But anyway, so I would take this china cup. And then I would take this really weird-looking little blobby thing that my son Andy made in preschool. Oh, yes. And it was so cute, but it was you can use it for anything. But he shaped it with his little fat little hands. And, <laughs> and if you asked me which one is more valuable to me, mm-hmm. I would have said 
Andy's thing. Mm-hmm. If I was going to break one of those two pieces, it yes. would be the China cup. Because I don't know who made that. I don't right. even care. But that thing that Andy made is precious to me, knowing Absolutely. who made it. Yes. That is how we should view one another. We have value. Everyone has value because mm-hmm. we are made in the image of the master potter. Yes, yes. Uh, And a couple of verses, I already read the one that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created Mm -hmm. them. And that's just an affirmation that we are all made in the image of God. Even the, the homeless person that is just looped out on drugs, there is a spark of God in that person. Yeah. He too was made in the image of God. Psalm 139, which we seem like we mentioned in every oh, yeah. episode. We used yeah. to talk about Abraham, Abraham. and every... <laughs> Let me try no, to fit him in this. We, <laughs> yeah, we shifted over to Psalm 139. But it says, For you, God, created my innermost parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you because I'm awesomely and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. And my soul knows it very well. Whether we're looking in the mirror or we're looking at other people, we need to remember that. That's right. Those are good. The great designer, handcrafted by God himself. And we talked about this when we were doing the names of God, Elohim, that he is the creator. Yes. I think as the process, as we keep going on, is the clay willing to submit (laughs) To the potter's wheel. Well, yes, exactly. (laughs) So I was thinking that some people, especially now this is coming to the forefront, I think, more and being exposed more. Some people deny that God is the one who made us. Mm -hmm. And and here is what God thinks about that. (laughs) Isaiah 29, 16. It says, this is through the prophet, so this is God speaking. You turn things upside down. Shall the potter be regarded as the clay? that the thing Mm -hmm. made should say of its maker, he did not make me, or the thing formed say of him who formed it, he has no understanding. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you, what happens when we as individuals or even as a culture shake our fist at God and miss that truth or reject that truth that he is the creator? Well, I think we're seeing it in society quite plainly. I think with the whole woke I think it's more like I don't want to say a religion this woke thing but I know that it's it's definitely has nothing to do with the Lord. Yeah, it's kind of an anti-god. Yes, very much so. I think it's in many many things that we can see in the what's happening in society in this culture that I always say is spinning out of control but I know that God's got the spin. But I think that what I've been noticing and again, throughout the culture, I see that they're not ashamed to praise Satan mm-hmm. in some things mm-hmm. and to bring Satan forth. I know that the whole thing with Disney and that one cartoon was a whole satanic thing, but they shut it down yeah. because of the people yelling and hooting and hollering about it, praise God. So I think what's happening is the enemy is not hiding anymore. Yes. So therefore, we need to be louder. I think he's putting up the fire Mm -hmm. (laughs) underneath many of us to say, you've got to start speaking the truth of who I am. When we lose sight of the fact that God is our creator and that he has molded and shaped every person. Yes, everybody. Then that lays the foundation for abortion, Mm -hmm. for murder. Mm -hmm. If you don't value what God created, it's like taking a beautiful vase and slamming it down on the ground and destroying it. it. I mean, because Mm -hmm. the the whole thing of life is cheap Mm -hmm. is basically saying, God, this isn't yours. This isn't yours. It doesn't belong to you. And it doesn't matter. Even if it is yours, it doesn't I don't care. I also think it's the seeds of a lot of depression and a lot of purposelessness. If you don't realize yourself Mm -hmm. that God views you as this precious thing that he's working on. And if you forget that, 
it's not ours to say, I'm going to give up yeah. or I don't have any purpose. Our part is to find that purpose and, yes. and walk in it, do the thing that we were created to do. Yes, and yes. you'll find great meaning and purpose. Again, I think you can trace a lot of even emotional and psychological things back to this losing sight of the fact that God made me yeah. the way he made me and I have a purpose. Mm-hmm. I need to get about it. And knowing that he's the God of the universe. I mean, sometimes when you pray and you're like, I can't believe you even listened to me. <laughs> I'm like nothing compared to who you are. But then yeah. he would say, yeah. you are something to me. Yeah. So yes. We he don't is... want to stay just a lump. Yeah. No. Oh, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, no. He may look kind of lumpy, but <laughs> On the inside, I'm not. I know. So he's definitely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely the reason. All right. So that was my step one. That's a long uh, explanation of step one, but I think we can get at least one more in here, <laughs> which is that oh. one of the things they do, unless you had a different one, is that the potter takes this lump of clay, then he slams it down on the wheel. Apparently not all potters do this, but <laughs> yeah, that's what a lot of potters do. And what I read said that one of the reasons they do it is particles of clay. It rearranges them somehow. It, mine said that it takes out any little twigs, stone, or impurity in that piece of clay. So the potter needs it, searches out and removes any of those things. And it's a process. It's a, sometimes it's a long process. It's like I've, he's slamming and sometimes, slamming and yeah, slamming. Sometimes the process is done with rods. So that he can... So he beats it? The clay is, is placed on a table and beaten with rod until it is smooth and all impurities are removed. So if you're feeling like you want to bail out right now, please don't. It's going to get better. It, the scripture that came to mind for me with that one right there was from Psalm 51. Created me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a steadfast spirit. Uh, created me a clean heart because if that's what you're searching for, then that's what I need to be. That's what I want to be. It, he doesn't do that by just snapping no, his no, no, God fingers. No. It involves a lot, a lot of, of rear- molding. Rearranging our yes. particles for sure. Yes. <laughs> particles of selfishness. Yeah, know, it said misplaced desires. Yeah, one of this cool thing it said it said that after we're saved, the great spotlight of the Holy Spirit is upon us and points out areas that need to be removed. And that's what the correlation was between the beating of that clay and yeah. what the Lord does through the Holy Spirit. That after we've been saved, he's like, Okay, we there's some areas we're gonna have to go after. And again, we're not puppets, so it's what we allow him to do. Yeah. But by putting us on the wheel, you'll feel that ow, oh, oh. No, I don't want to give that up. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe I should. Oh, no, wait. Right. <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. And every time, too, I thought when we're going through a hard time where we feel like we've been slammed yes. by something, yeah. there's always a redemptive yes. part of that, mm-hmm. that he's trying to remove something that would be destructive to us yes, in the right. long run. So again, it's a redemptive thing. It doesn't feel good. No, it's, it can time. be very painful. It can be a painful process when you're yeah. when we are getting rid of the stuff that's not it's not good for us. Have you ever felt like you've been slammed? Oh yes, onto the potter's wheel. I think wheel? many times. I think we all have, and I think many times. And I don't think I recognized it as being on the potter's wheel, but now I understand a little bit better. But yes, when you're what like, kind what of things have felt that way to you? I'm putting her on the spot, by the way. Yeah, that's fine. I, I give think her a warning on these things. It, it does. I, I was thinking when I moved here. When I when I moved here four and a half years ago, I stopped at a hotel on my way down from Pittsburgh, and I'm crying because I knew this was changing. But I was hopeful. I mean, it wasn't a sad cry. It was just I have no clue what's ahead of me, but I'm willing to do this. But I was crying in my car before I got out to go into the hotel room, and the Potter's hand came on. Uh, the song from Hillsong. Yeah. And I started to cry. And I said, yes, I am in your hands. And I'm going to let you, what's it say? Make me, mold me, use me, walk beside me. 
Mm-hmm. I give my life into the potter's hand. I mean, I know the words. I just didn't want to sing them all right now. <laughs> but anyway, that song, and I think a lot of us know it. I don't think that I felt beaten by a rod, but these mm-hmm. last four years have definitely been a molding that I was not expecting. So yes, I have felt it. Yeah. Things that came to my mind were sudden things like the loss of a job. Oh, I, yeah. When my boys were younger, they weren't really little. They were in school. I had been doing some PR stuff for the school my oh, boys yes. went to and had some contact with this woman because of her business. And she sold stuff that was like imprinted, oh, like mm-hmm. pins and jackets and whatever yeah. stuff you would get to advertise. So I, I had dealt with her some ordering stuff for the school. And out of the blue, she said, would you be interested in just a part-time thing here? It was just interesting to me. And she was very nice and all that. So I ended up doing that for, I don't even know, it was less than a year. And I was supposed to go to a conference with her and with her daughter and one day, I mean, I was thought I was doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. I, I would go out to businesses, and oh, I'm, yeah. I don't like sales, but this was kind of easy. Yeah. Anyway, out of the blue, she said, you know, we don't need you anymore. It's like a day before you're supposed to go to this yeah. conference. Oh, man. There was no lead up. There was no hint of anything wrong at all. Wow. I don't know. I still don't know. Although... The reason I took it was I wanted to share Christ with her. That was my reason for taking it. It wasn't the money. It's not like I was preaching at her all the time. No, no, no. I didn't even have any conversations beyond things that she brought up. Right. But that was a slam. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so disorienting, <laughs> yeah. and I think sometimes that's how it can feel if you lose yes. a job or you lose a relationship yes. suddenly yes. like that. It feels like nothing but negative, and yet it, to view it as, all right, I've been slammed onto the wheel, mm-hmm. and God is going to make something out of this. That's right. Or, or a relationship, him. absolutely. You could feel traumatic. Yeah, with that, Health like changes, that. church yes. changes, any big change, even yes. if it's by our own choice, yes. it still can feel like a jolt. Yes. Like, wow, all right. I need to let God take the time Just, as I make new relationships yes. in this new place. Yes. He's got to, to um, mold it. Yeah. yeah. And not no, get, it's good. All right. Well, I think we're about at our limit for this episode. Yes. Yeah, I, I know. As <laughs> always, my introductions take a long time. No, I'm sure y'all are used to that. But we've gone through a couple of steps in the process and we've got some more so we hope yes, you'll we come do. back next week okay, okay. thanks for joining us today if this podcast encouraged you it might encourage someone else too so please share it and share some hope <laughs>